1: Good morning and, and welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands. WTJX for yours truly. Neville Jim, this is a gorgeous day in paradise. Uh, absolutely beautiful. And hopefully we'll have a show commensurate with the weather. Looks like it is uh, lovely. So we got the Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority uh, joining us uh, in our number one and then uh, mid island Rotary is going to be joining us uh, in our number two. Um, we're trying to get um, the chairman of the finance committee Senator Donna Fred Gregory to join us at some point uh, soon. Uh, so we'll hopefully maybe get that uh, lined up for uh, early next week. Tomorrow, I believe we're going to have a uh, Uh, Commissioner of uh, DPNR, uh, John Pierre Oriel, joining us along with the Virgin Islands Children's Museum. So, yeah, a lot of good people uh, joining us here on Analyze This and looking forward to great informational conversations. So, having said that, let's uh, get with the WAPA folk Uh, this morning. um, CEO Smith will not be joining us this morning but um we've got uh director of communications uh chanel peterson uh joining us uh, good morning
2: good morning and good morning to the wapa family and the listening members of the radio
1: okay good and um we have mr noel Hodge uh via earlink or via earlink uh, good morning um this is chief operating officer water distribution uh noel Hodge, how are you Echo, here hear you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, good. And um, uh, we got Mr. Gregoire as well? Gregoire as well. Mr. De Gregoire? Mr. Gregoire? Testing, testing. Good morning. Good morning. Don Gregoire, good morning. Gregoire, good morning. Okay, I guess we'll work on... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, uh, but uh, we do have Ms. Um, Peterson and Mr. Noel Hodge definitely on the line, and then we actually have Mr. Gregoire uh, on the line, we just gotta work on a technical issue there, and they're gonna have to turn their um, device down because I can hear my echo, so that may be part of the problem, so Ms. Peterson, what's up?
2: Um, well, thank you for having us this morning. Um, a big part of what we're doing this week is really educating St. Cory about some of the water updates mm-hmm. um, because we understand that there have been a few outages um, across the island. And so we are here to talk about some of the efforts that we've been doing, both in collaboration with Department of Education, as well as ensuring that we're keeping lines of communication open with human services so that the schools, as well as the um, elderly homes, are being supplied with water as best as they can as we resolve the current issues that we're experiencing.
1: Okay. Uh, Mr. Hodge, good morning. Um, we, well, what's the infrastructure issues right now with water that, that concern you?
3: Okay, good morning. Um, So, right now with water, um, the issue is not um, production. We are producing at full capacity at um, the Richmond plant and we have plenty of storage um, at at our Richmond um, tank. Um, The challenge that we're seeing right now is moving the water from the production facility in Richmond out into, um, you know, Mid Island uh, and the western part of, of St. Croix. Um, and so that's affecting areas surrounding um, King's Hill, like um, Clifton Hill, um, Bethlehem, Prophet, um, uh, Calcahoun, uh, down further west like w- uh, Williams Delight, Hannah's Rest, Campo Rico. So um, we, have, we do have some um, old um, pumping equipment at the Richmond station um, that has uh, been giving us uh, some problems. And so, we're working right now on a temporary solution to, to remedy that. Um, we did receive a replacement pump from one of our business, local business partners, and that pump is being installed right now as we speak. And so, um, once, everything, once we get that pump commissioned and online, hopefully um, later today, if everything goes well, then we would start to um, definitely uh, be able to move more water out
1: into the community, hey, Mr. Hodge. Mr. Hodge. I, explain, explain, and I keep hearing an echo. I don't know why you, I keep hearing this echo, but um, could you please explain how water distribution works for the for the lay people who, like myself, who are uh, you know would appreciate knowing how it gets from from Richmond uh, to the different locations on the island.
3: Yeah. So. Um, The water is produced um, at the Richmond um, power plant. We have um, water plants there. And so we have a large uh, storage tank, 10 million gallons of storage there um, in Richmond. And that that tank is is near full at this point. At the Richmond station, we also have a a series of pumps that pump all of the water um, out into the communities. Um, Some goes uh, east towards um, Christian Stead and um, then the rest goes Mid Island um, towards uh, you know contentment where we have another pumping station that that takes that water and and boosts it even further so that it go to uh, Kings Hill and other um, Mid Island communities there's also water goes to um, Concordia where we have another pump station and that that um, station pumps the water that w- that's sent out from Richmond further west as well into Estate Glen, um, Cal Cajun, and it also serves the, the Kings Hill storage tank and so the Kings Hill storage tank is a critical tank in our system um, and so we, we try to maintain that tank and then that water from Kings Hill f- flows by gravity um, down west towards um, mountain where we have another tank. And that um, tank in the state mountain um, gravity feeds um, the western, most of the western side of the island into Frederickstead and other communities um, in the west. So it's a series of pump stations getting the water from basically from Richmond to Contentment to Kings Hill and also from Richmond to Concordia
1: the King's Hill, to Mountain, and then further west. I miss he peter see you shaking your head. Um, you're comfortable with the, the response? as very accurate.
2: Indeed. So one of the things we were explaining to even our customers over the weekend that we met at the Agricultural Fair is that a lot of times when we're asking the whole community to be, you know, conservative with their water, it's because of this flow because of the fact that you know, of certain tanks are feeding into other tanks, which is then feeding into um, mountain tank, which then of course, as was mentioned, feeds the western side of the island. So it really is an inclusive you know, initiative for everybody to be engaged with as we're dealing with this issue. And as we, we um, come to the resolution, hopefully within the next day or so. So as of last week, we were aware of what was happening. We were aware of the, the lower amounts of water that you know, some of the storage tanks had. And so we urge the community to be mindful of that um, because it's not one, you know, part of the island that's going to be affected or has been affected, but it's several different areas. And as Mr. Um, Hodge explained, because most of these tanks are gravity feeding, that can, you know, neighborhoods can experience different, Levels of water or pressures of water, even mm-hmm. if they're neighbors, because if somebody is higher up on a hill versus lower in the valley, they may see differences in their pressure because the tanks are being gravity-fed.
1: Okay, um, the same, the same structures in place for Saint Thomas, Mustaj. Um,
3: yeah, there's a similar um, structure in Saint Thomas where we have our production facilities in Sub Base in Crom Bay, and we. Pump um, from Crombie um, west as far as um, UVI. Um, that's, that's where the system ends on the western side, but then the majority of the water pumps east into Charlotte of Mali. And then we, we also have a major station at, um, at, at uh, behind the hospital, um, Snyder Hospital, which pumps the water um, to the eastern communities like Tutu and Anna's Retreat. Um, Smith Bay, Bovoni and then all the way out to Red Hook and now in Red Hook we um, then we installed a submarine um, water line that takes the water from Red Hook to Cruise Bay St. John mm-hmm. so St. Thomas supplies water um, by gravity all of the, the the eastern communities are fed from the Duno tank which is gravity fed as well and um, and, and that, that is in, very efficient in itself, but it feeds all of the, the eastern and then up to a submarine line from Red Hook goes into Cruise Bay,
1: and that's how um, Cruise Bay is fed. Now, Now: Now, now, let, now let me ask this question: What, what is happening at Richmond and sub-base, um from an infrastructure standpoint, to get the water at the uh, levels and the quality? that the Water and Power Authority is looking for.
3: Yeah, so so at, at, at Richmond, um, we have, like I said, we have a series of, of pumps there that um, move the water from Richmond out to, into the community. We also have um, uh, certified lab personnel that go out on a daily basis um, to monitor the water. Now, at Richmond, we do... Um, uh, like disinfect the water in, with chlorine injection so that um, we could um, you know, have disinfection into the water. But then the, the lab personnel goes out and takes samples at various locations in the community, um, at strategic locations where they are um, certified to collect the samples, bring it back to the, the lab, analyze it, and then report the results to the um, dpna dpnr and eventually to the epa
1: this is a daily 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 procedure
3: daily they go out every day to collect these samples
1: Mm okay so we're
3: trying to maintain compliance with the epa drinking water um, quality standards and um so that's an ongoing um um, effort to do that and then the same thing happens um in subways in in St. Thomas, where we, we also do a chlorine injection for disinfection of the water, and then we also have a, a certified lab lab personnel as well on St. Thomas that do the same thing, and like collect samples, do the analysis, and do reporting to
1: the EPA. Are, are you fully complemented uh, where personnel is concerned to handle all of these uh, requirements and necessities?
3: Yeah. So the labs the labs are fully staffed um and then uh we also have uh in in the water department we have um, our operators um that operate the system and then uh, as well as maintenance crews um that are working so we're fully staffed on both islands to um do operations and, and uh, maintenance
1: okay that's 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 good to hear uh miss peterson from my informational standpoint uh, what's your biggest challenges uh in terms of uh, keeping the public aware uh of what what the water and power authority is dealing with i mean we we're in the midst of a a very protracted recovery a number of different areas and uh the water and power is about electricity and water uh distribution so what what are you looking at um you know, as you deal with uh the day to day uh, complaints and and questions um from the ratepayers
2: so because that
1: doctors on microphone
2: Absolutely. So to put things in perspective, we have 50,000 customers. And so with that in mind, we have also many different ways today that people receive information. Mm -hmm. Whereas historically, you could say the number one way was radio. Mm -hmm. So our one objective was let's come on the radio as many times as humanly possible to let people know what's happening, what we're doing, what we're planning to do, and we'll reach our customers. Now, however, today we have a much more diverse platform for Communication. So, what we're doing is really managing all the ways that we communicate to our customers. Um, One of those ways, of course, is increasing our communication on social media. Now, of course, within social media, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And so, we are um, essentially replicating communication that we share on the radio through these platforms as well. In addition to that, we have launched, I want to say this is about four or five years ago, and um, we kicked off our SMS alerts or our text alerts. Now our text alerts have been exclusive to, or to say primary to outages. So the, one of the things we are looking at is expanding that communication beyond just outages and adding to that communication, other important updates, not always necessarily emergencies, but because most of our customers at this point are used to that platform as an emergency um, system, we're, we're sort of gently encouraging you know, additional communication so people don't also feel overwhelmed because unlike an email or even something on social media, 90% of texts are open. So that means people are going to receive the text and then in a lot of ways be encouraged to open it. And then, um, of course, you know, I also tell people out of the 50,000 customers that we have, we have less than 10 percent of those customers that are actually receiving our text. now. So we are we are also now encouraging people to download the Everbridge app, because one thing we've noticed is if you don't have service, which, you know, some places of the islands, you may not have cell phone service, but you have internet, you can still receive those alerts through the Everbridge app because you'll be connected to the internet. So in terms of communication, it's really just about ensuring that across all of these different platforms, we're not only providing similar information, but we're providing that information in a way that's suitable for that particular platform. So when we're posting on social media, we're not going to drop the whole press release, but we are going to encourage people to visit our website and find the full press releases. But then also... A big part of why we're here and where, you know, we're doing our best to increase our presence on radio is because, you know, over a certain time period, we have seen there has been a decrease in radio presence. And at the end of the day, this is still the number one way that we reach our customers. Now, of course, there are many different radio shows. And so we try to diversify where we go. But of course, because this is a synchroid challenge that we're having right now, we have focused in the last week and we'll do so into next week so we can ensure our customers in St. Croix are educated about what's happening, what they can do, and how quickly we anticipate to resolve this current issue.
1: Awesome. We've got the Warden Power Authority joining us this morning. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Noel Hodge, CEO, uh, joining us via EarLink. Should be joining Mr. Gregoire hopefully soon. And we've got Ms. Uh, Chanel Peterson uh, joining us here in the studio. We'll take a break and we'll be back right after this.
0: A new year equals new business opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers deposit banking products, business online platforms, and commercial loans. Their SBA lending department offers financing options and access to capital for businesses. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallus Bay, 340-773-8500, and one in Peters Rest, 340-713-8500. Bank of St. Croix is an equal housing lender. BankofSaintCroix.com.
4: I'm Deepa Fernandes from Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's midday news magazine, Here and Now.
0: Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.
1: Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now. Democracy Now features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace.
0: Catch Democracy Now at its new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1.
1: And we're back here on, on Analyze This. So We've got the Fort water and power authority uh, joining us this morning. we got here in the studio uh, Ms. Chanel Peterson, Director of Communications. We've got uh, the CEO of Water, Mr. Um, Noel Hodge. I think we're joined now by uh, Mr. Don Gregoire. Uh, good morning, Mr. Gregoire. How are you? Yes, good morning.
5: How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, Sorry, I had some audio issues coming in, so I, I think I missed some of the first segment. Um, but I'm, I'm here definitely now. Thanks for having us.
1: Okay. What's what's the job title? What's your role in this? infamous My I am the
5: director of water distribution, St. Croix.
1: Okay. Okay. Good. So you work you work under Mr. Hodge.
5: That that is correct. We are the boots on the ground.
1: Okay. Good thing. Glad to have you joining us uh this morning um mr Hodge, you serve as interim director for the most of 20 most part of 2021 right yes and you remember the visit you had here in the studio i sure do how come you never come back
4: <laughs> we were trying to come back i think we had got got an appointment that they got canceled and-
1: that stuff got in the way <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just asked a question to, to to break some tension. we good one of the things that one of the things that you said when you were when you were here is that you you are big on moving projects, right? That's your thing, yes. right? You wanted yes. to see the projects uh um, move forward. so tell me um infrastructurally, what's the biggest needs for the water and power authority as it relates to water? Today,
4: okay. So our our biggest need, um, definitely we, we have um, line loss, uh, serious line loss issue, and partic in particular on St. Croix, the the infrastructure is um, very old. Um, many of our pipes, which which are cast iron and Dr. Lion pipes, were installed in the fifties and
1: sixties and seventies. Stop! Stop! Right, stop! Stop! Right there! Stop! Right there! Stop! Right there! Hmm. Right there. 50s, 60s, and seventies. We didn't even get the eighties, nineties, and the first decade of the, the new millennium and we've had numerous hurricanes. A lot of money's coming in here. Why haven't we gotten our infrastructure up to the up to better levels than the fifties, sixties, seventies that you're telling me? I know it's not your fault, but could you please uh, enlighten the public as to why we have not done what we should have been doing? As it relates to uh redevelopment, where the water and power authority and in this case um lines are concerned
4: yeah so the the, the water the funds federal funds available for water infrastructure has has been coming in um very you know slowly over the years um we, we've had a con a consistent um, funding from the EPA drinking water capital improvement grant. Which which amounts to about five um, million dollars a year to do uh, water infrastructure. Um, I, I can't speak to start, like what happened before um, when we had the storm. Um, I I imagine that you know the funding, of the, the lion's share of the funding went to restoring the electrical system, but now we're seeing that more. Funding is being made um, available for water infrastructure, and um, we uh, we do have some good news on that front in terms
1: of um, funding to replace infrastructure that um, we like to discuss, Mr. Gregoire. Um, when when you report to your boss about what you what you're experiencing on the ground, um, the frustration would lie where? In, in, in what area more so than
5: than others yeah thanks thanks for the question um we have a lot of critical areas um Mombichu definitely is one catherine west uh, Wim. um so we we've been plotting out so the good news is after irma maria fema recognized that St. Croix, we we started the prudent replacement process on St. Croix and FEMA realized that we've been getting a lot more leaks on St. Croix. So we provided them a lot of data. We looked at pressure zones, looked at pressure drops from before and after the storm. You know, and FEMA decided that they wanted to assist us in fixing those areas. And we pushed to the point where it was like, this is a complete system. We don't want you to fix a section and then the other section is the old pipe. So we, we push forward in calling this a complete system. And I guess they based on the data they saw, they recognized that what we're talking about. So we were actually approved last year, since you mentioned it, for a full prudent replacement for St. Croix. So what that does, it gives us the, the funding uh, allotted from FEMA to replace all the lines that we have that from the 50s, 60s moving forward. Up to industry standards, so we got that portion pretty much approved. So what we're working on right now, we're saying, okay, well, you know, if we fix the piping, we also need to look at our pump stations, look at pumping capacity, look at we looked at, you know, we got with um, via housing, we got with EPA, we looked at areas where it's going to be commercial zoning, areas where it's going to have maybe additional. Um, new homes being built or new projects being built so we're looking at those demands along with a hydraulic study so now not only that we're looking at just replacing the piping but we're also looking at um upgrading the actual infrastructure like the pump stations included more hydrants probably um doing some additional tank storage where we could because right now we we croix has a, a capacity of about 22 million storage St. Thomas has about 30, but St. Croix has more customers. So all these different aspects is what we're looking at right now.
1: Now, um, before I get back to Ms. Peterson, um, Mr. Hodge, I know um, you, see, you see the numbers that uh, that Mr. Gregoire just mentioned, right? 30, 30 versus 22. Um, the reality is... Um, even if you have greater population in Saint Thomas, you got greater landmass on Saint Croix by a by a wide margin, so that's gonna require more infrastructure. Can we agree on that?
4: Yes, definitely.
1: Okay, so um, the Saint Croix versus Saint Thomas thing that I, I try my best to stay away from because I enjoyed you know playing a part in the in the pro Saint Croix argument. Um, where that's concerned, um, we gotta look at reality. You know, you, you got eighty-four square miles on St. Croix versus what, thirty-two on St. Thomas. Um, you got folks uh, if we're if we're going the centralized route where uh on St. Thomas the, you're based at uh sub base uh on St. Croix, you you are based at, at Richmond. Why not why not have um you know you you talk about pumping stations, why not have um secondary base operations To address the needs, given where we at now, this isn't the '50s, '60s, and '70s.
4: Yeah, um, that is a good point, and and thanks for that. And um, we we are. We have been talking with, um, you know, uh, FEMA um, concerning a secondary uh, base where we can have some sort of production near the industrial um, end of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that really um, hit home to us, and I think that Mr. Wafford elaborate and this some more what, last year when we had the intrusion of the sargassum.
1: But, but I mean, just talking about St. Croix alone, I mean, when you look at St. Thomas, the majority of the residential neighborhoods on St. Thomas are on the eastern end of the island. Tutu, Bofoni... Red Hook is a city now unto itself for the most part, and then you, you're providing that submarine link to St. John. So, a secondary uh, base um, infrastructure on the eastern end would be good as well, don't you think?
4: Yeah, definitely. And and we're going through that process now, like um, Dan was, was talking about, we, we got the and replacement, and part of that is to do a master plan for the, the entire system. So, that's being done now for St. Croix, and then we have. Uh, we're submitting an application for prudent replacement also for St. Thomas and John and that would go through the similar um, process of master planning and looking at, hey, maybe we need additional um, production out on the, the, the east end so that um, there would be some redundancy and more add more reliability to the system.
1: Ms. Peterson, you've been listening to the conversation from a, a communication uh, s- standpoint. Um, how do we educate the public in terms of the intricacies, but in lay people language as to what's really going on with the water and power authority. They're already, you know, questioning the rate and the, rate, the rates and costs and all that stuff. But part of what um, would assist the ratepayers is them being more knowledgeable of what it actually takes for the system to be working at an optimal level.
2: So as was mentioned, these issues go back as far as the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Now, what's been mentioned also today is that those funds from FEMA, we're looking at $1 billion going into the infrastructure here in St. Croix alone. Mm-hmm. That prudent replacement is $1 billion. And as Andy always says, a billion with a B. And that's really important because as long as we've had this issue, we do hope that our customers and the community understands that the solution with the funds now isn't going to happen overnight. And so, as you mentioned, we have miles and miles and miles of outdated infrastructure. And so, to replace that, it's going to take time. The good news is that we have the funding, we have secured the funding source, but then also through the EPA, we've already began some of these um these transitions from the old pipes to the new pipes, which is happening right now in Clifton Hill. And if you speak to our customers in Clifton Hill, because we're just at the end of this project, we're at 90% at the Clifton Hill project, they are experiencing low to no pressure and why is that happening is because now we have to switch from the old pipes to the mo- to the new pipes and so there are going to be scheduled outages when we're going through these, these projects. Coming up in the next five weeks we're going to be kicking off the Campo Rico project. Now the Campo Rico project to my understanding in, in collaboration with Hannah's Rest is going to be the largest water project that St. Croix has seen. And much of that is going to impact West. Now, what we do within the authority is we always try to create um, schedule outages during the middle of the night. So between 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. when people aren't using the water as much is when we try to conduct these outages. And ideally, this, these would be the times that people would see the outages. However, with construction, with you know just the, the grand scale of the project, we may have some times when we have unexpected outages. Um, and again, that may be just because as we're going through these changes, pipes that have not been used to an increased amount of pressure may expe- may experience leaks. And so we are encouraging people to be patient with us, but know that we are doing the work to improve the system. I heard a great analogy the other day. It's kind of like when you're, you're cleaning your room, Um, When you're taking out everything, it looks messy at first. But know that once it's back to where it's supposed to go and everything is fixed, it's nice and clean. But the period that it's going to take or the process that it's going to take to switch from the old pipes to the new pipes, it's going to look a little messy. Um, And that means we're going to have things like um, lane closures or, you know, reducing traffic in certain areas to let our pavers pave, to let our excavators dig. But this is all for the betterment so that at the end of these projects, we can have a much better service. And more importantly, people can actually have true potable water. And we can really boast the fact that, you know, we now have after... Who knows how many years water that we can drink from the pipes?
1: Mr. Gregoire, anything technical you wanted to to add to that, like um the laying of the new pipes, are they put parallel to the to the to the old pipes, things like that?
5: Yeah. So technically, we will be leaving the, burying the old pipes in place and, and laying the new pipe either next to or on top. But there's a, there's another key element at at, at this as well. So. We do do coordination meetings as well, so we have to realize that um, waste management, public works, they're also getting funding as well, and we're, we're looking at also what water, electrical. Where there's areas that that we everybody needs to go in and do the work, and we we try to get away from digging the road every time we need to go. So there there is some crucial, um, critical meetings we have that talked about utility coordination where priorities for waste management if they need to go like for instance mumbejoo first we would try to lay out our plan for Jew so once we dig the trench we could all go in at the same time and get the work done and move forward as you know as a team so so there's there's a lot of background stuff that's going on as well and we we do have a lot of utility coordination meetings we also meet with odr we had a we had a little summit in st thomas um, last week where all the agencies came you know we laid out our projects out so everybody understands where all these different projects are going to go and we do the internal in coordination with it
1: but, but i i you not you and waste management and um via and all are you holding the people them hostage with this one big excuse and the road them awful man you know what i'm saying uh we had to call up on the governor um this particular like we then Christian said right here, um, and if, uh, the one dig makes sense, but at the same time the 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 motor in public, they carry them going down in these hole and sometimes they ain't coming out. So I go I go guy go act together man, in terms of coordination that is. Well
5: well. Crystal said and Cedric said was, was was what happened is that the problem was everybody was not getting all the funding at the same time. Yeah. So for WAPA Water, if we didn't start using the funding by a certain amount of time to finish the project, we would have lose the funding. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we tried to hold off for the project, hoping that the other agencies would would catch up. And when it reached a point, we realized we can't hold up anymore. We just had to continue.
1: Okay. Well, I, I understand that and I just, speaking from my, the frustration of of those who've been hearing the the one dig approach which is sound you know in in principle but um in theory um but um the reality is the longer we wait the 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 infrastructure deteriorates and and the modern public um are the uh, are the ones who um pay, pay the penalty when we come back though i want to to, to get back uh to mr hodge because Mr. Hodge, when the when the hurricanes hit and that eight billion dollars was made uh, available for the territory to harden our infrastructure going forward, um, we were told that 30 percent of that money uh, is or thereabouts um, is dedicated to WAPA, so that's 2.4 billion or thereabouts. And I, I want you to know, since since you've been there, I want you to explain to the to the public, you know, to the best of your abilities, how we can make that work and what other Um, funds are made made available um, to help the system um, harden its infrastructure. We'll be back right after this.
3: I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now.
0: Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX fm 93.1.
2: Ability Radio is a program brought to you by the Disability Rights Center of the Virgin Islands to promote a more inclusive Virgin Islands. Ability Radio brings you information on health care, art, culture, education, and current affairs, where we engage in lively discussions with guests locally and abroad. Join us every Saturday morning at 1130 a.m. on FM.
5: To Rally to Read 100
2: Books. Reading is Fundamental invites you to visit RallyToRead.org today to learn about our reading campaign. Join the pledge to read 100 books. Hear your child's favorite authors read their books and find activities to keep young readers motivated. Teachers can also enter the Rally to Read sweepstakes for a chance to win 100 books for their own school. Subject to rules, visit RallyToRead.org today. Rally to Read!
1: And we're back here and this. We've got the Water and Power Authority uh, joining us uh, in our number one, Michelle Peterson, Director of Communications here in the studio. And on the line, we've got um, CO Noel Hodge and um, Mr. Don Gregoire, who is Director of Water uh, here on uh, the Big Island. So, uh, Mr. Hodge, good morning once again.
4: Good <clears throat> morning.
1: So, a um, lot of money set aside to address our uh, infrastructure coming out of Irma and Maria. And, of course, there's other uh, grants and, and federal monies that the Water and Power Authority um, seek uh, to help us um, to that end. How much longer we going to need to get us to where we want to be? Let's focus on water this morning. I don't want to be redundant um, because we've had um, CEO Smith on uh, in the past. So let me, let me focus on water how much longer do you think we need uh, to get to where we need to get so that we could be, um, my, my, my term, fully satisfied um, where water distribution is concerned, territory-wide? Yeah, so as,
4: as we talk about the prudent uh, replacement for St. which is a big deal and a, a huge investment, if we're looking at over uh, $1 billion. Um, we're, we're estimating... Um, as these projects roll out, it's going to be anywhere from five to ten years to make enough of an impact to, um, you know, correct uh, the the, the problems that we've seen. As you know, a lot of this, uh, we talk about um, installing new water lines, digging digging and burying pipes and stuff like that, and new pumping stations, and we talk about coordinating with the other utilities so it doesn't happen overnight. So we're gonna lay out a plan over the next um, you know, few years to get all of this going. It's it's it's, it's you know, you can't just do all of these projects right, um, at once. So it has to be sequenced, planned out properly. So we're looking I'm looking at um, you know, five to ten years, getting the we're gonna prioritize the projects, getting the major projects that are gonna have the, the greatest impact um, um, done first and then the,
1: the, the, you know spend, spend this federal funds in you know, a you know, responsible way uh, it's not overnight by any um, I, I Mr Gregoire um, people might think five to ten years is a long time, but when you're talking about replacing pipes that could be up upwards of 60, 70 years old uh, that's more than reasonable.
5: Yeah, it it, it it definitely is a task. But I also want to clear up the, the funding. So under prudent replacement, they're only going to be replacing what's in the ground. So we have additional funding sources for expansion. And, you know, a lot of times people will come to us and say, well, we ain't have no, you know, water in our area. What's what we're doing? But the fact, that the fact of the matter is, you know, when we have our infrastructure so old, sometimes expanding puts additional uh, pressure on our system. And so we've been trying not to do too much expansion. We're like for areas that we know that we got in the new PVC pipe, we could expand out. But we, we definitely, um, there is a, some expansion funds that is also going to be available where we will be expanding out as well.
1: Now, last year, the, the president and 2021, uh, President Biden spoke of a lot of his infrastructure bill. We got any monies that we getting from that?
5: Yes. Um, actually, we were allotted an additional um, $80 million to uh, ARPA for expansion and, and water projects
2: as
1: well. $80 million. Okay, that's, okay, that's all. so So we're still getting getting something. Ms. Peterson, you mentioned 50,000 uh, customers territory-wide?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Well, what's the ratio, commercial versus residential? Ball, ballpark, you don't need to be specific. <laughs> my, 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 I
2: honestly wouldn't. I don't, I don't have that answer. Maybe Mr. Hodge or Don have that answer? Yeah, it's,
5: it's, it's, if, if you're looking at electrical customers, it's going to be 50. But in, in terms of water, I would say customers in terms of the water accounts, it's probably about 14,000 um, between St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John. Yeah,
1: yeah. 14,000 territory-wide at... That- that uh, have a, a water,
5: yeah, water accounts. So you may have you uh, know uh, residents uh, uh, or duplexes that feed from one meter. So I, I can only tell you in terms of accounts.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 yeah. what that, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. So yeah. f- fourteen thousand yeah. so is a number.
5: Yeah, approximately yeah. about there.
1: Okay, Mister. Had yeah. you want to say something?
4: No, no, I was, I was just confirming. That, yeah, it's right there around fourteen
1: thousand territory wide mm-hmm. customers for water. And, and and what's what's the district ratio? Seven seven, seven and a half, six and a half. It,
4: it's, um, we have more, we have more in St. Croix. It's, it's around seven
1: thousand in St. Croix, and then um uh, to eight thousand in St. Croix, and around um, uh, six thousand in Saint Thomas John. Okay, okay, good. Now, now, tell me about it. Um, explain to the public, right? The the approach, given the 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 terrain differences when you're comparing flat St. Croix to mountainous St. Thomas and St. John? What, what, what's, what's the real issue um, from the in, in the mind of a CEO like yourself? I know Mr. Gregoire, you, you got sweet bread here on St. Croix because St. Croix is nice and flat, except for the middle of the island where um, you, you're going up in Kings Hill and then you get back down in the lowlands uh, heading west. But um, St. Thomas is, is a completely different beast. Um, Mr. Hodge. So, what's the big issue? Like, for like for example, you got a pump station behind the hospital, but then you got to navigate Rapun Hill to go over uh, to get on into the Fort Bellegare Tutu area, and then you got more mountain, more more hillside areas to get on towards um, Smith Bay and down in the lowlands, down in Bovoni. What what's that like for Wapa um, from a from a load standpoint and a construction standpoint as well?
4: Yeah. So. Generally, with Saint Thomas, with those the hills, the mountainous terrain, um, you know, we have less expansion because of that. It's a lot more costly to to deal with um, to expand the system into a lot of these areas. We run into a whole lot of rocks and stuff, so um, we see you know the projects just cost a lot more um, on on the Saint Thomas side. So we have less expansion into like the north side um, the, the, the north side of the island um, is mostly unserved by WAPA because we just don't have the funding to, to do a whole lot of expansions like we, like we would like to so you know your dollar goes a lot further on St. Croix um, there are less opportunities for expansion on St. Croix um, I'm not saying there are none but um, and even when we do expansion the price. The, the the cost of the construction is a lot less on St. Croix because of the flat terrain. So, um, you know, that, that, that's the, the, the challenge, you know, that we have. Um, some of our infrastructure, you talk about the tank there in the state of Duno and behind the hospital, you know, that tank is at 600 feet base elevation. So when you're dealing with a tank at that level, you, you're, you, I mean, gravity feed and everything on the east end, the pressures on the east end are... So much higher, I mean, they are very high, we have to kind of step down the pressures so that we don't blow out the customer's, um, you, know, um, you know, appliances and, and, and piping and plumbing. So that's, that's a challenge that we have because we have, you know, that tank is, provides a lot of um, uh, gravity feed pressure at 600 feet elevation. Um, and there are other locations even higher than that, in um, St. Thomas that we would need to clear to get into the north side if we're going to do expansions into the north side of the island. So there are unique challenges to, to having such a hilly terrain and St. John is pretty much the same. It's very mountainous, very hilly and it's even more expensive than St. Thomas to do, um, that type of civil works construction on, on the island of St. John.
1: And, and Mr. Gregoire, before before I get to Ms. Peterson to ask her a, a numbers question, Mr. Gregoire, the the, the big issues for Saint Croix where water is concerned is what when we're talking about construction and all that stuff. What's the biggest issues you would think in your estimation? Um, I I think one of the
5: biggest issues that you know when when we adopted the water system, I think from from public works back in nineteen eighty nine, we have we have a lot more demand needs on the system then than now. and i and I honestly think that between our pump stations and our piping, we are we are it's not sized properly based on the demands that we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. and that's and that's where we brought the storage issues as well. But I think the the biggest issues for us is just our agent infrastructure. I mean, if WAPA, to do, like, for instance, Camperico, that project is going to be like $7 million. And so, you know, without grant funding and our federal partners actually helping us out, for WAPA to come up with that kind of capital would be very rough, especially times like now. So definitely our Asian infrastructure is 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 part of it. and And when we look towards the future, like I say, you know, looking for where potential growth is going to be. Under the replacement, if there's like a four-inch line feeding a community, and we know there's potential growth, maybe now would be time to upgrade it to a six-inch line. Just looking, you know, in the future,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those I think those would be some of our biggest challenges. <coughs> so, so, so we would need more more technical support and personnel. Is what you're talking about them?
5: Yeah, you- and then we have we have we have uh, like I said with the hydraulic studies. Now we can actually put our demo. In a computer, it will run the models based on how we operate our system, and the models will tell us areas where we probably need to increase the line, areas based on those demand studies where we need to upgrade our pumps. So that's why doing the hydraulic studies, putting as much information that talks about population growth, and even looking at pop- the future uh, population growth for St. Croix and the rest of the island, just to see where the population may be in, in five to ten years. And that's what that whole master plan that we're doing is going to encompass all what we're doing right now. We have we have the funding. This is a this is a good opportunity where we could bring everything in the Virgin Islands up to industry standards, where we could put you know, telemetry stuff on the tank. We can see our tank levels real time. We can remote start, stop our pumps from our central control. So there's a lot of opportunity here to come up to where the technology is, where other utilities are. And, and we have some key players that work with our utilities helping us out in this product replacement so we get it right.
1: So you're talking like like the water and power is like a, a Formula One racing team with all this telemetry and demo and all these terminologies, Mister Mister. <laughs> eh? You're Mister. Hodge laughing. Yeah, I don't no, know what you're talking we, about. We, we, we're, we're, you know, we're the the principals for these for these racing teams sitting in the back and looking at all the activity while they're going on while they car racing and traversing on the road. Okay, that's what you're telling me. Uh, and coming to? Are you are you singing good from that standpoint?
5: Well, well you know we we are all Virgin Islanders, and I think. I don't think none of us come to work at WAPA thinking we're not trying to do the best for our community because at the end of the day, we we as WAPA employees, we pay light bill like everybody else. We pay water. So everything that we do and decisions we make affects us as workers of WAPA as well. So I definitely want to, to, to know that when I reached that point where I leave WAPA that I did the best that I could do. And a lot of others on the team feel the same way. and We just want to deliver a good product for the Virgin Islands people.
1: And that's it. No, I, 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 I'm sure that the audience appreciates you okay. speaking in that perspective. So as Peterson, um, 50,000 customers and um, let's use 15,000 as the number. For water, so basically, seventy percent of the customers uh, on the electrical side.
2: It appears that way. Now, the fifty thousand for customers—that's actually exclusive to power mm-hmm. across the territory. The yeah. fourteen thousand is for water yeah. across the territory. Okay, so so yeah. so
1: so we add in fifty to fifty to, to, to the oh oh okay okay okay. I thought that that was incorporated in in the fifty thousand. Okay, so 65,000 thereabouts.
2: Now, of course, accounts, yes, these are ac- duplicates. I- I-
1: accounts we're talking about.
2: So most of these are going to overlap. Yeah, as wa- was mentioned, yeah, not everybody it, have water, yeah, wa- but water water, have power.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So we got exactly. 65 accounts, 65,000 accounts in total.
2: Well, it's still going to be 50, because the 14,000 is part of the 50. That's what I asked you. Yeah, yeah, That's
1: right. what I asked you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's
2: why communications, right? Not my communications, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right? You're right, you're right, you're right. But I, I trying to help you so that indeed, when, indeed. You, when you go to talk to the public, you, you can point in that perspective where of all of the accounts that the Water and Power Authority has, 70% are on the electrical side and 30% on the water side. That's Mr. Hodge, that would, that would be the way to do it, right? To look at it?
4: Yeah, yeah. And um, they, it's not like um, we have you have a joint account for electric and water.
1: They're separate. They're separate, yeah. Yeah, separate. Yeah.
4: So you don't get like yeah. if you get a water so, bill, you're gonna also get an electric correct bill. So so so, so
1: I I am this ain't fifty thousand um different people or businesses because in many instances those who get get water also have an electrical account.
2: Exactly.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yes. okay, good. Um, I want to thank um, the Water and Power Authority for making some time uh, to join us and address the issue, in particular a big issue here on St. Croix, with respect to water. Uh, Mr. Gregoire, sorry you didn't get on earlier, so you could uh, give me some more of that um, Ferrari and Mercedes and uh, <laughs> Red, Red, Bull, Red Bull terminology uh, this morning. Um, um, but I, I wish you well, right? And, um, you know, WAPA is a regular... Uh, contributor here, a regular, regular guest here on the show. So looking forward to talking with you and Mr. Hodge uh, in the future. All right. Thank you, gentlemen.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Good. Much I'm appreciated.
5: And I just want to add, you know, I, w- I definitely want to thank our customers. I know, you know, a lot of them are experiencing this water issue, and I just want to thank them for their patience while we get over this hurdle.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And Miss Peterson, looking forward to speaking with you again in the future.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you to the WAPA family as well for all their hard work um, out there. We know that, as was mentioned, they're doing their best because we are all customers here in the territory.
1: Yeah. For Claxton, and Neville Teleneville, GMC, hello. All right. Will do. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, that's the Water and Power Authority, Chanel Peterson, Director of Communications, Mr. Noel Hodge, COO um, on the water side. And, of course, Mr. Don Gregoire, Director of Water here on St. Croix. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And we've got the Mid-Island Rotary joining us. In our number two We'll be back Right after this
0: The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters.
2: Listening to the wings of a
5: monarch butterfly, what a magical thought.
1: They arrived here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico and A lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning, you know.
5: And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty.
0: Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1.
2: Great question. That is a
1: great question.
3: And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question.
1: That's uh,
0: that's a great question. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question.
1: On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers.
0: Weekdays at two p.m. right here on WTJX FM ninety-three point one, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.